Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Come on to the theatre. Hello, and welcome back to episode 34 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to all of our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. In this podcast, we like to try and keep you up to date with what's going on in theatre in the Isle of Man and chat to the cast and creatives of upcoming shows to find out a little bit more about the shows and the people behind them. Coming up on this week's podcast... I chat with Chris and Susanna Mabry of In Drama Community Theatre ahead of their production of an adaptation of Roald Dahl's The Witches. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through all the usual podcast outlets and at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. While you're there, make sure to subscribe, give us a like, rate and leave a little review to share with all your friends. Once again, it's been a few busy weeks since our last episode with Paradox Theatre Company's wonderful production of Much Ado About Nothing. Madfa's Easter Festival of full-length plays this past week has seen the return of the Manx Festival of Music and Dance, otherwise known as The Guild, which saw many of Manx Theatre's well-known names competing and taking the silver home in many classes. This year's Cleveland Gold Medal winner was Paul Costain, who is also no stranger to the Gaiety Theatre. The Douglas Choral Union have also recently launched their DCU Choir. Following the success of the choir in their recent production of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, they've decided to keep it going through the off-season between shows. It's on every Thursday evening from 7.30 to 9.30pm and membership to the choir is £15 a year for DCU members and £30 a year for non-members. You can get more information by emailing dcuchoir at outlook.com. Whilst we're talking about the DCU, they've recently announced their production team for their 2023 production of Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein. Returning to her role as musical director will be the wonderful Liz Dixon and she'll be joined by Sarah Holland as assistant director. New to the DCU, but not to the island, is professional director and choreographer Scott St. Martin. Theatre goers may recognise some of Scott's previous work with the Manx Operatic Society in their productions of Titanic the Musical, Hot Mikado, Anything Goes and Grand Hotel. On the subject of the Manx Operatic Society, they'll soon be announcing their production team for their 2023 production of Curtains. They're currently in the final stages of securing their director-choreographer, who I've been told will be brand new to the Isle of Man, having never worked here before. So watch this space. Hot off the press, we also have an exciting announcement from Taylorian Productions, who have just announced that they've secured Kinky Boots for their August 2023 production. And Two Feathers Productions have announced that they're following their production of The Full Monty in 2023, they'll be following that up with a production of Jersey Boys in 2024, which tells the story of Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. The show will once again keep John Cumberledge out of retirement as he is, subject to contract, on board to stage and direct. Also, following the success of their production of Much Ado About Nothing, Paradox Theatre Company have announced that for Easter 2024, they'll be putting on a production of The Two Gentlemen of Verona. So that's another great one to look forward to. Make sure to keep up to date with what's going on between episodes by following Manx Theatre Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and at Manx Theatre Pod on Twitter. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil Cullen. Okay, down to business. I'm joined on the podcast today by Chris and Susanna Mabry from Indrama Community Theatre. Chris, Susanna, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's nice to have you along. For those people who haven't heard about Indrama, can you tell us a little, a little bit about the, about the company and, and, and how you were set up? We were set up because I wanted to do a project where the kids didn't have to pay to join. And even now, they don't have to pay to join and we don't ask them for anything ever. Really, just so that everyone gets a crack at it. Yeah. 
because if you can't afford drama lessons, then you're going to be finding it quite difficult to join anything because you don't mm-hmm. get through the audition process. Yeah. Now, what we do is we take them on and train them. So even if there's no experience or training, we train them and point them in the right direction. And no matter what level they're at when they join us, we look at how we can take them that little bit further and keep them progressing. Brilliant. You're working up towards then a production of The Witches at the Gaiety Theatre next week. So that's the 11th and 12th of May. That's right. So that's Tuesday, Wednesday next week? It's Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. This is not the first time that you you tried to do it, is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) But it did meet a sticky end. (laughs) We got it stage ready and everyone was very excited. And then the night before, COVID hit everybody. So we had to pack all the stuff into our garage, send all the kids home and go home and sulk for a little while. And actually, we nearly didn't do it again. We thought maybe that was the universe telling us to leave it. Yeah. Actually, it just kept knocking at the the brain. And I've wanted to do it for years. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to leave it. And I hate leaving things unfinished. So we thought, we'll just see if there's any call for kids coming and doing this. And there was. We've got a lovely new cast. So off we go again. Great. So was it was it a, a victim of, of 2020's lockdown or is it a more recent lockdown that, 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 that saw it off? Well, after the first lockdown, we stepped away and thought we weren't ever going to do it again. Yeah. It's really as simple as that. Yeah. And um, our cast had moved on. Yeah. Yes. I mean, our original Bruno... Um, is now nearly six feet tall, so he couldn't he couldn't be Bruno again. This yeah. time. That's the problem with kids, isn't it? They they tend to grow. Yeah, but he's come back and he's he's playing uh, Mr. Jenkins. Oh, right. for us. Yeah. So he, uh, and that's nice. And we we have a, a fantastic cast who have come from various schools, uh, various um, community group, uh, uh, other drama groups who have come along and looking for an opportunity mm. to be uh, to take that one step further. Yeah into a, a named part mm-hmm. into a, a part with, with with more meat do a bit doing a bit of uh, multi-rolling that you know that type of thing and trying a piece of theater in a different style yeah and our style is very much open stage it's a lot of uh, uh, physical theater a lot of uh, comedy and and we started out working with the director scott lacrasse right who, Great director, great director. Unfortunately, the stars haven't aligned this time round for us, mainly because during lockdown he went and got himself successful. All right, how yeah. dare he? Yeah, yeah. he's been uh, he's been working with uh, Maureen Lipman. Oh wow, doing uh, you might have seen it on Sky Arts, a show called Rose, a one woman show. Yeah, brilliant show, and that sort of opened up doors for him. And yeah. Unfortunately, uh, much as we we all we all try to get things to mm. sort of line up, it just Although wouldn't happen. He is still heavily involved. Yes. He loves the yeah. concept, and although we were really a bit low key for him, even then, yeah, he loved the concept and wanted to work with us, and will work with us in the future. Oh, I'm happy to say, yes. Oh, well, that's wonderful. So, obviously, it's it's, it's an adaptation of the original uh, Roald Dahl book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for, well, obviously, he hasn't written any lately because he's not been around for a while. No, but, I mean, uh, he's been a bit dead. Really, yeah, well, he has a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember reading it as as a child, so that's, that's quite a few years ago. But there has been two two quite large films, actually, wasn't there? there was, uh, back in the 90s, there was one with Angelica Houston as the, yeah. as the head witch. Mm-hmm. And then, I think, Anne Hathaway a couple Anne of years Hathaway, ago. Indeed. Yes. Uh, and uh, 
I think uh, you have met on, which is there, equally terrified. Oh. And that, 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 what's great is that uh, there are no inhibitions. Yeah. But, uh, our young actors have sort of just grabbed it, and they're, and, they're, uh, and they're going for it. And whatever you ask them to do, some, uh, they just do it. Uh, we are our, our young men, uh, Boy and Bruno, who are turned into mice. Uh, the mice are puppets. Yeah. Uh, we are not hiding them on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, we're sort of going down the Avenue Q version. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, way of, of doing things. And uh, once they got round their head around the idea of, oh, I see, the puppet is actually me. Yes. They were there. And they have imbued those puppets with life and personality. Yeah. And, and, and these are 11 and 12-year-old boys. And they are just going for it. And yeah. immense talents um, coming out. And, and enthusiasm is wonderful. Brilliant. One of the things that they particularly loved and could hardly believe when we told them, they said, who are the adults then? Because we'd auditioned them and we'd started to rehearse. Yeah. And they were a bit confused. And I said, well, there aren't adults. And they said, so it's just us. I said, yeah, you're the stars. Yeah. And something magic happened to them. Wow. They really really went for it didn't they yeah, they stepped up yes yeah. that's and uh it's the same way i've i'm asking uh these young actors to walk off the stage as one character and walk straight back on virtually as a completely different character yeah sometimes with a with a costume change but very often it's it, it is simply uh body language change of voice um Hat, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and we, you know we have uh, some young men involved in this uh who quite happily uh, roll up and become witches uh, for, for one scene because we have to carry the boy around, uh, around yeah. the stage and stuff. And they, they walk on, they do that, and then they walk back off again and become a head waiter and, uh, and Bruno's, Bruno's dad. They are they're fearless. Brilliant. And, and, and I, I wish I'd been that fearless when, uh, when I was their age. I think I actually might have been. I think yeah. I, mainly because I didn't realise just what, how exposing the yeah. stuff can be you just oh, oh i've been asked to do that i'll do that then that's fine yeah and they're screamingly funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> we've had a lot of fun it's yeah. been an absolute laugh yeah, we've been in the uh, in the scout huts at uh, up in onken big booming echoes and my god the noise <laughs> it's been great there's 13 of them and they are They've become a family, as the, as you do yeah. with, a, with a cast. Uh, they become a family. Uh, they've sort of adopted familial roles, haven't they? Yes. And uh, uh, you know, it's the annoying little brothers and the uh, and the, the long suffering uncles <laughs> and, and uh, the, the the girls who think they're way more sophisticated than they actually are. You know, that kind of stuff is great. Yeah. yeah. So for those people who probably don't know the witches or probably don't remember the witches it's been a long time since they've been involved in it what's the what's the basic story right like most of roald Dahl's stuff is incredibly dark yes incredibly dark mm. because it starts out with the boy's parents being killed in a car accident happy yeah. days yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and it goes downhill from there yeah <laughs> and, uh, he, uh, he goes to live with his grandmother and his grandmother then becomes really ill and um uh, they, they were supposed to be going to Norway, uh, and uh, they end up going to Bournemouth. Oh. Uh, so he goes to Bournemouth, and um, while they're at Bournemouth, he, he they discover that's the, uh, the the great convention of all the witches in in in, the, in Great Britain are having their their AGM, uh, yeah, their AGM, right. and uh, and that's they are planning to turn all children in the UK into mice. 
Right. Okay. And of course, the the two young uh, th- two young boys are turned into mice, and that's irrevocable. Yeah. There there is not going to be sort of no sort of unhappily ever after. Ding. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, no, they they're going to stay as mice, and uh, through all kinds of planning and daring, uh, they managed to reverse the. Uh, reverse the plan and the my uh, the, the witches are turned into mice but there's this very poignant thing it's a real poignant ending where uh, grandma and uh, grandmama sorry and the boy are in grandmama's chair the, the, the boy mouse and they're talking and he says um, how long do mice live and she says well not very long a few years and grandmama how long are you going to live? And she said, "Well, not very long." So, well, that's that's fine. We'll we'll die together. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, <laughs> and uh, but that's Roald Dahl for you. He, yeah, he uh, he doesn't sugar the pill, does no, he? Yeah, I was going to say that he, he was never one to, to, to sugarcoat the, no, the story no, no. for the kids. You know, no. No, you will be dead at the end of this story. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when they realize again, you know, as we as we did the read-throughs, uh, when the kid realized there was no happy ending. Well, there was a happy ending, and yeah. it was a victory, but it's not like, uh, and, and then everything went back to the way it was before. Yeah. And that there, there is mortality involved in it, and there is uh, an acknowledgement of you know, the human condition, or, yeah. or the mouse condition, as it, as it turns out. It took them a little while to get their head around it because they were actually looking for the happy ending. They were, they were looking at us, right? yeah. and and then and yeah. no, that's it. No, that's that's it. the yeah. end. And then they go, oh. That's a bit grown up. That is. Yeah. That's that's not a, that's not some kiddies play. That th- this is dark stuff. Yeah. And and they've run with that. They really enjoyed that. Yeah, they have. And they've done exactly as we've told them, pretty much, which is a first. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have so far, but they haven't been the theatre yet, have we? Yeah. Probably more so than an adult company might do. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah <laughs> adult companies—they argue with you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Terribly behaved. Oh yeah. Yeah. So how did you both get started then? What what sort of set you off down your own drama pathway? Oh, it was an accident. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. I've always been a dance teacher. I've taught dance till I was, since I was 16. Um, and one day a boy came to class and he said, this is a bit boring, can we not just do a play? So, oh, okay. Anything really to keep the students, anything to keep the students. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we put on a thing called Sammy's Magic Garden, and that was the first one we did. I don't even know what year that was. I think it was about 2001. Right. And it was fun. Yeah. And so we did quite a few after that and have just kept going, really. Yeah. It's, it's just such a lovely way to spend your days, you know. I mean, young people are joyous nearly all the time. Yeah. And theatre. It's joyous once you get it on the stage. Yeah. I mean, you know, up to then, it's like waking up at four o'clock in the morning with the collie wobbles. But um, once you get it on there, it's good fun. Yeah, and there's a lot of hard work that, that goes into behind the scenes. And, and yeah. that's that's something that, that people come to see the shows don't always realise that you know, it's taken four or five months to get no. to this point. And, no. yeah, well, and, and again, they shouldn't see it. Like yeah. the, the ideal is that you know they see the swan, not, not, the, not the, the feet paddling away yes. like mad. And I mean, it's all, all of these things were, were, were before Susanna and I had met. And uh, I was uh, I was working at Bella yeah. at the time and uh, doing the stuff that I was doing up there. And uh, uh, we were, when we met, it was like, ah, 
Oh, so, so you're Mr. Mabry because the, 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 uh, your, your students, we had students in common, yeah. uh, were saying, yeah, well, no, I can't come to rehearsal tonight because I'm doing, I'm doing this play for Mr. Mabry. And we're doing, and, and yeah, so I had to marry him. <laughs> in order to get to the elimin- diaries to coincide. Yeah. Or to eliminate the competition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I've always known that was the way it was. And, uh, but, you know, uh, so, yes, the, um, I, mean, I, I arrived on the island over here, what, uh, 20 years ago, yeah. thereabouts. And, and I was hired uh, as a drama teacher, but um, my major brief was that I was going to put shows on at school. Yeah. And uh, so I started out with one, and I ended up doing two shows a year, which, uh, which is why I've gone grey. <laughs> and uh, and um, love it. And uh, the other thing that I was hired for was was to write them. Yeah. Uh, so, so I wrote the shows, and and then uh, Nick Roberts and I, music teacher, we wrote shows together and, and musicals together. And partly what was great about doing that particular thing is that I... I had uh, around me a, a repertory company, an ever-replacing right. ever, uh, itself repertory company of young people who wanted to do shows. And very often I would be uh, not really have an idea. Then I would look at the, the people I had mm-hmm. and go, right, I know what I can do with these people. So I'd go away and write these things. And very often I'd be writing on the fly and uh, doing things like trying a scene out with, with them and saying, well, that didn't work. And yeah. going, going away to... Uh, my uh, my little house in Cronky Body where I was at the time and uh, rewriting it all and coming back the next day and trying it all out again and it and it was um, that was a golden period and it, that sort of period in time as well that the students that were coming through then are, 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 were quite a cracking bunch as well because you had David Dawson yeah. there was Olivia O'Shea Elliot Baxter Ted Farragher yeah. you know, and and Peter Wicks yeah. great yeah, Tony Eccles yes. and uh, and they're, they're all sort of Peter Sherman yeah it's everybody's you know, it's everybody's sort of coming back into the mix and uh, and it's and, and that's great I mean that that is great I mean that's why you go into teaching the, the object of being a teacher is really that uh, your students should go away and should come back yeah. better than you were yes that's the whole deal I don't like to say that personally, but you know, but they should come back with with uh, any skills that you've managed to help them to uh, to, to work on, plus their own experiences, yes. and they should be the next step up and the next uh, the next generation taking on the mantle. So we see Dave Dawson, who's directing everything. Yes, at the moment, you know, yes. he, it's, he's he's just, he's everywhere and doing stuff. And uh, um, I put him in. A show called Too Many Goodbyes, playing uh, playing a farmer called William Wallace Webster. Right. Uh, and um, when he was what year nine, year ten, yeah, I think. And uh, and he was, and, and you could see he went click. This is what I want to do. This, yeah. This is the thing. This is the thing. Well, so, I, I remember him coming down to join the Max Operatic Society, which would have been two thousand and two. And he must have only been about fourteen at the yeah. time. Because he came in for Dolly, didn't? Yes, he, he came in for Hello Dolly. Yes, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was his, his first one, anyway. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, and you worked on that. That was the first time I crossed paths. That's right. Pa- yes. Or even paths crossed. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was uh, brought in as a dialogue coach. Yeah. Uh, the idea was I was supposed to be get because uh, everybody to speak uh, New York. Yeah, and uh, Yonkers. Yeah, Yonkers, and uh, it's, it's funny. I was, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking about that that um, uh, that show the other day because I was remembering the scene in which Dolly is uh, basically um, haranguing you and and Barnaby, 
no, you were Barnaby. I was Barnaby Cornelius. Yeah, uh, Barnaby Cornelius. Cornelius. Yeah, and uh, and you were hiding under the table. Yes, and uh, we did that bit because we were having fun putting things in when the director was away. We were putting stuff in, <laughs> and uh, we got you repeating all these uh, all these legal terms uh, it, it, with increasing. Um, Confusion, uh, including <laughs> words like garnishy. Yeah. What's a garnishy? <laughs> and uh, God, we had fun with that. that oh, was, yeah. That was great. I think that was one of the first shows where we had a full set of head radio mics as well. Yeah. So I could quite happily sort of sit under the table and just be muttering away to myself. <laughs> yeah. And it was picked up. And and uh, uh, what's the great, the lovely thing about being a director, a, a performer, but certainly a director, you know, when you look at something on the stage and You've worked on it and you've and you've tweaked it and you've done the look. You need a quarter turn there, just a quarter turn. Can you just wait? Can you just wait for that look? Can yeah. you wait for that? Can you wait? Just give me that line so it just overlaps with something else, and then the audience get it. Yeah. And you were aiming for a laugh. You were aiming to make them cry. You were yeah. aiming to make the shock them. And 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 it's happening. And and the, and you go, they got that. Yeah. They got it. The hairs go in your... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's why I'm still doing it. No, that and I can't think of anything else to do. <laughs> it, keeps me, it keeps me off the streets, doesn't it? Just about. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Actually, it's about skills as well. We've got a slightly different take on all this because Chris is heavily, has always been heavily involved in theatre, but I've always been a classical ballet mm. teacher and it's a different approach yes. because in classical dance everything's black and white it doesn't lend itself immediately to drama but the reason I got very excited about the whole concept is because the skills that are being passed on to those children or the adults because mm -hmm. this is open to everybody enables them it gives them a positive outlook theatre people know how to tackle things yes and how not to let life sink them and I think just now we really need that mm. There's a, there's a confidence that that it mm. that it brings yes, to you, and it does. And also, I suppose with with the dance element in it as well, there's a way of holding yourself. There's that centering and, and the the core strength and, and things like that, which yes. helps you work better on a stage as yeah. well. The comfort and it's it's problem solving. Yeah, it's it, it's constant problem solving. And I'm constantly saying to students, it's a practical problem with a practical solution. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, yes, we're doing all the all the emotional stuff, but at some point we had to make sure that you are on stage left because you've got to get off there because there's a there's a costume change, there's something, that, and it is constantly thinking about how do we make the how do we make that happen and make it look like it's supposed to happen. Yes, and in fact, this cast have become highly proactive. They are thinking ahead all the time, yeah. which they weren't doing when they first came in. But it's evolved, yeah. And we can now trust them to do exactly what they're meant to do. And if it goes wrong, they think ahead yeah. and work out how to resolve it. Exactly. I mean, just in Sweeney Todd, which happened recently, I think it was the very last night of the show, and I knew something wasn't right. I knew I'd, I was missing something in my costume wasn't right, mm -hmm. and I was missing something. And it wasn't until the start of uh, just before the start of Pirelli's Miracle Elixir, mm -hmm. the, 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 the big shaving competition. And I walked forward and I walked down and I walked into the front and I just went to put my hand on my belt where my whistle should have been mm -hmm. and it wasn't there. And yeah. I thought, oh, mm -hmm. okay, what can I do? And I thought, as the beadle, I had to give the whistle to start the thing. And so I, I moved around and I gave him a little bit of, bit of a glance at it and I walked into the corner and I'm stood there thinking, what can I do? What can I do? And I thought, actually, 
I've got quite a lot of time here before I actually needed to be on for that bit. Mm -hmm. So I just sort of had a, a, a quick wander around, walked off stage like that's what I was supposed to do, ran to the dressing room, picked up my whistle, yeah. came back down, waited for the appropriate moment, walked back on, looked around people, then went back to my position. Oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, Round of applause and, for that. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Something goes wrong or something goes right, uh, but it's uh, how do you uh, either put that right or exploit mm. Uh, uh, what has happened and uh, you you make a benefit out out of something that's gone wrong yeah because, uh, and we all know that you know in rehearsal sometimes you, you're doing stuff you just try stuff you try, and, and then by accident mm. something goes that's that's the way that, yes that, that's the one that works let's that, keep that's that in the one. yeah remember that because i won't <laughs> uh, in the process of um, telling people about in drama I've spoken to a lot of employers and they all say the same thing about drama kids when they get into the workplace they're the people you want to have yeah it doesn't even matter if they haven't got the specific skills you're looking for they learn them yeah their brains are better they're good at memorizing they're good at using their initiative they're proactive and they're positive, and you want people like that around you if you're an employer. Not afraid to stand up in front of a, cr a crowd of people mm -hmm. and talk and present. Precisely. And, yeah. and on top of that, at, you know, in, in my days when I when I was st still out auditioning and uh, doing stuff, all actors, if they're asked, if you're asked if you've got a skill, you say yes. Yes. Can, yeah. can you write? Yep. Can you? Do that? Yep. Yep. Of course I can. Yep. Doing it, doing it for years and then you go when you learn how to do it as quickly as you possibly can and come back not only having learned the basics of it but but because you're an actor because you're a performer you make it look good yeah and you make it look like you've been doing it forever david um, artist told us about this on, on a previous episode where he was saying about he'd sort of back around sort of 2000 when the, the film industry was quite big on the island he'd got quite a few little bit parts and he'd lied every time about things that he could do, whether it's speaking German or riding horses. Yeah, or... precisely. And speaking of David Artis, he is actually our official patron. Oh, marvellous. Yeah. Which is marvellous. Yeah. We're really, really grateful to him for coming on board. Because as we know, Artie came up through the societies and the, and the youth stuff and, and worked his way through from the small parts up to where he is now. And, uh, yeah. and if things hadn't been the way they are on the other man, it's uh, probably he would he would have got he would have gone down that same route. But would he have had the opportunities to do so? Yeah. And what's happened with the with the big society, you know, the DCU and the Ops? Things have got very big. Yeah. They've got very big and they've got very expensive. Yes. And there's a lot of money uh, when you're putting something on at the gaiety uh, at that level. There's a lot of money yes. riding on this. Yes. And. To take a chance on a on young performers now mm. is is a big chance because you know you, you're as good as your last show. Yes, and that that's that. So that's where we feel we uh, we're filling we, a gap. We, we, yeah. we fit in, and mm. uh, everything and everything that, that we've spoken about the skill sets, the uh, the the feeling of family, the, the feeling of belonging, the uh, the sheer joy of yeah. standing on that stage and and it going click all three of us in this room at some point or other we've walked out at, 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 there, there was the first time you walked on the stage and the lights hit you and you go oh that, this is where i'm supposed to be yeah th th this is what i'm supposed to be doing ah that's what's been missing now 
Uh, for me, that started when I was 11. I, I, I'm in a show at school, at a boys' grammar school. It was uh, The Queer Fella by Brendan Bean, and I was playing uh, one of the junior prisoners in a, in a, in a, in a Dublin jail. And uh, we did the rehearsals, and I was like, oh, I did rehearsal, and it was pain, and that. Then opening night, walked on there, lights, audience, and well, hello. Yeah. And that was me, Hawks. I'm, I'm, you know, but I, that's my drug of choice. Yeah. You know. I mean, fortunately, when I grew up in the 80s and, and, and 90s, that the Peel Cloth workers and QE2 weren't quite on the same level of, of productions that they that they probably are, are now. Yeah. So it wasn't really until I joined the Gale Force at age 10, I think it was, and was doing sort of private lessons with Barbara Gale, and we we would put entries into the Guild every year. But then Peel Pantaloons came along, mm-hmm. and I joined them. And I'd had a couple of years with Young Farmers before that as well. And being on the stage at the gate with those lights and costumes and yeah. and ridiculous makeup. I mean, who wears black blue eyeshadow and red lipstick? I mean, <laughs> I've given it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give it up now. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. Yeah, yeah. Get on on stage with, with the with the Young Farmers at the yeah. gate. He was like, oh yeah, now this is what I want to do. Yeah, I see, and that's uh, that's what I love about what uh, what I do working in school. You know, it's, uh, you. Um, you put a show on, you put a show together, and very often people turn up and uh, who haven't you haven't seen them in lesson doing anything, and suddenly they they're doing this thing, and you and you look at them and go, you got it, you've got the bug now, haven't you? Mm. And you finish the show, and the first thing they do is they walk up and say, when's the next one, sir? When when do we do the next one? Yeah, I want to do that again. I want that to happen again, and that's marvelous. It's a great feeling. Yeah, and my daughter's at Balakamine now. Yeah, and she's been dancing with Christine Wilde and with with Move It for a few years. And just a couple of weeks ago, she said, "Can I join the musical theatre class?" Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. And she's excited because next year's Balakamine's is, is a show year as well. So she's mm-hmm. she's going to put herself down for that as well. So she's looking forward to that. So she's a chip off the old block. Yeah, well. It's, uh, genetically speaking, it, 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 do, it does go that way, and uh, with you and the good lady, of course, you know, it's 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 deep, it's deeply ingrained in the DNA, isn't it? Uh, and 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 quite rightly so. You know, but you find yourself pleased for them, don't you? Because yes. you know that that's the beginning of a lifetime of lovely stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great friendships, mm. joy, absolute terror, and then laughing about it afterwards. Yeah, I think my son's going to rebel and go and play football, though. So. <laughs> Well, well, there's yeah. time. <laughs> my, my, my sons, uh, neither of them have gone down the performing arts yeah. route. Uh, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Hopefully, when he gets to high school, he'll just go for rugby and then you know, he'll get a proper sport. Well, yeah. How old is he? He is uh, seven. There's time. Yeah, there's time. There's time. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll come around to it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we are. Uh, we're really, really looking forward to all of this now. It's uh, it... yeah, it's a surprise actually, because usually at this stage, I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm not frightened with this lot. They yeah. are really sure of what they're doing, and the enthusiasm is just lovely. I mean, to be in a room with them is just a joy. It really, I know I've said it before, but we like all of them as well, which is a bonus. <laughs> yeah, we, we did a fundraiser because, uh, you know, we're a charity and, you know, we, we rely upon sponsorship and fundraising and whatever. We did a fundraiser at uh, Peel Centenary Centre, mm. and we invited uh, all of the the dance schools to come and do and the performing arts, and schools, the performing arts yeah. schools they all came along and did something uh, uh, and our lot worked on a number from six right which isn't a show I know terribly well but I, I, know, I, I knew of it and I, I watched and I watched them come alive uh, with uh, although we do have a problem now 
they want to do six, and then I had a look at the script. <laughs> well, actually, they've just the, 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 I saw an announcement a couple of weeks ago that they've just released a teenage. Is uh, it toned down a bit? I would imagine so, a little well, bit. Yes, so. we might be yeah. able to tackle that. It, then. It's a bit uh, fruity. <laughs> it, it can be in places. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think that's what they liked. I think they were hoping they were going to get the fruity lines. <laughs> well, but no. <laughs> no, just no, just no. They can wear their makeup, but that's it. So, yeah. What's something else to say about the show? I've got loads to say. Go on then, say something else about the show. The first thing is everybody really needs to come and see it. Yes. Oh, yeah. It will not be time wasted because it's so hysterically funny. It's fabulous from beginning to end. There isn't a boring moment in it. Brilliant. Every second has got something interesting happening. The way we've done it is that basically the cast are hardly ever off the stage. It's so technically, it's very Brechtian in that it's you know empty stage. You see all the nuts and bolts. The the cast uh, cast move all of the 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 scenery around. Uh, they virtually change costume on stage, and we start and uh, we top and tail this show with, with them seeing them as just young actors, and they they walk on not in character and then become the characters, and at the end of the show they drop the characters and, yeah. just, and just become themselves again. And, and, and looking a bit sort of what's just happened, as if you know, the, the the intervening hour and a bit has been some kind of delusion, uh, Alice in Wonderland uh, uh, thing going on. And uh, and again, they took that on board. I said, uh, we were doing the end. So what are we going to do, what are we gonna do for, the, for the curtain call? You know, because you know, they're, they're theatre kids. And... Um, I said, well, this is what we do. We, we're walking on. We, we finished, and then I just want uh, on uh, on a on a click on a on a moment. I just want you to stop being Grand High Witch. Stop and just and be yourself. And looking around, and then realizing that the audience has been watching you, uh, and then bowing. Yeah. And they went, oh, yeah, like that, yeah, like that. Oh, that's a good eye. Oh, ooh. They've been very easy to direct, haven't they? Oh, yeah. But the whole point of all this, apart from the fact that it's, a, you know, just a pleasure, is that in the summer we want to have a writer's workshop uh -huh. where they they create their own scripts and act it, and we want to put it all on YouTube. Oh, so right. that the next bit is learning how to perform on film. Right. The point of all this is to impart lots of skills mm. so that when they reach a point where a decision has to be made, they know which part of this process suits them yeah and for some of them it's going to be every part that suits them <laughs> yeah and, and some are uh, i've been talking to some of them and some of them are already talking about directing yeah uh, liking the idea of being the person who makes it happen and uh i don't know about, I don't know about you I, I never up until you know, I, I went to university i never saw myself as a director i always thought i was going to be just a performer i'm going to be a lovey darling yes and, with jazz hands and stuff and then one day i had to direct something and it's like oh i i tell them to do things and they do it yeah i like that i can do that i it never feels like uh, a chore it never feels like there's a huge responsibility it feels like you're part of a uh, part of a process and you're just giving people opportunities to uh, to, to offer you options and and then, then you sort of cherry pick things out, or and if they they don't come up with something with themselves, you give them something, and then and then see where that goes. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? We worked every single day during the Easter holidays, and um, thought it would be a bit much. In fact, we could have done a lot more. Yeah, 
because no one wanted to go home at the end of the day. Fantastic. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get to three o'clock, so we've got to go now. But for us, but for us as well, you know, Easter holidays, and you think, oh, perhaps I can have a lion. No, we couldn't have a lion because we had to get to rehearsals. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was lovely. We enjoyed every minute. We have enjoyed every minute, haven't yeah. we? And then it's, it's slowly, as you do, introducing props and costumes and I'm watching them go from, oh, 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 so I get to use the puppet now yeah. and I get to do this. And, and uh, so, so who's moving the table on? You are. Why? Because it's your table. Yeah. And you're going to move it on in character or not in character. And uh, there's a, a, a scene in the, uh, the Grand High Witch's bedroom, which the, so there has to be a bed. So we improvise a bed with a table. But we've got this bedstead. And these uh, two girls walk on with this bedstead and just hold it. Just hold it. And, I, and they came on. And, and I said, can you give that a bit more attitude? So they decided they were going to come on as a sassy bedstead. <laughs> and, and it became the sassy bedstead scene. And, and, uh, and they owned it. It, yeah. was, it was lovely. And those are the moments that the audience is going to be looking up and say, oh, yeah, there's a scene. Oh, my God, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be great. Brilliant. So it's at the Gaiety Theatre then, which is the 11th and 12th. So we, that's Wednesday and Thursday. Yes. Tickets then are available then from villagaiety.com. Yes. Yep. Or by ringing 600 555 for yes, box thank you. And every single penny goes to the next project. Brilliant. So it's all, all, goes, all goes back in. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. Well, before we let you go, where are we now? It's probably 18 months ago getting on for that now. We've started up a uh, Spotify playlist. And this was a playlist that we decided to try and create our ultimate musical theatre playlist. So Neil King and I, when we set it up, we each put 10 songs of our own in to, to get the, the playlist going because no one really wants to listen to a playlist with two songs. Yeah. <laughs> so we chose 10 songs each, and these were songs that either we've performed, the favourites of ours from shows, or something that, that really means something to us. And then every person that's been on the, uh, the podcast since then has added a song of their own. So let's have a quick look through the list and some of the ones that we've got. So David Artis, he recently chose The American Dream from Miss Saigon. Alex Tui chose He's My Boy from Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Perry D chose Being Alive from Company. And Joe Hillard chose Me and the Sky from Come From Away. So, Chris, do you want to go first? Right. What's your addition for the, for the playlist? Well, and mine, at, at the moment, I've just started rehearsing uh, uh, Once. Right. Once the Musical, uh, which is a great show, uh, uh, actor musicians on the stage. Mm. Uh, and But I, I, I love the film, uh, which uh, came out a few, a few years back, and uh, bought, the, bought the album, bought the music, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there is this song on there, which is, it's, it's, it's strange in, in in its in the way it's put together, uh, but it's called Gold, right? And it is a love song, and it, it has strange imagery in it. But it is the most plaintive, beautiful piece of music. It's stuck with me all all the way through it. And the, my only regret with being in the show is that uh, I get to sing it a cappella with with the uh, uh, with the cast, but I don't get to sing it damn solo. Lorcan gets that. <laughs> He's playing my son, or I'm playing. No, I'm playing his dad. That, that's yeah, the other yeah. way around. Yes. Um, and uh, and he gets to do all the all the you know, all the really good romantic songs, and I and I get to I get to be his dad <laughs> sitting in the Hoover shop, right? Yeah. But I, I love that song. Yeah, yeah. I really love that song. And he sings it at home. 
Yeah. All the time. Because <laughs> you play the so guitar, now don't I you? love it too. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got me playing mandolin for this. Oh. Yeah, which I, I can play mandolin, but I, I keep telling them I'm not a mandolinist because yeah. that, that's a different that's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. So yeah, I play guitar and keyboards and stuff like that. Uh, but and that's going to be a great show as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because there's that that's a great cast again as well. Yeah. And there are there are people there who are there are some people who are fairly new, mm-hmm. some people who are well known at the moment but there are also there are a few people there who haven't been around for a while and are coming back like Grainne yeah. Jock and it's good to see yeah. her back on stage because she's yeah. she's great yeah and there are p- people who are ha- who are just coming uh, into it who are basically coming in from like you know, the open mics and uh, the the folk clubs and the and the Irish sessions yeah who haven't done acting before but and are uh, sort of getting into getting into that side of things and uh, you bring one set of skills, but you develop another set of skills yeah. alongside, and that, that's going to be—it's going to be great. But that, but that's my choice, gold. And and is it true there's going to be a working bar on stage as well? We are working on that Ooh, at the moment. Excellent. Everyone will want to be uh, in it. <laughs> and apparently, we're going to let the uh, if we can, we're going to let the audience up on the stage, and there, there will be uh, there will be a, a full on Dublin session happening with, with the diddly eye and, and all this stuff like good bit of crack. Yeah, be great. Merchandise. <laughs> Fantastic. Susanna, what's your choice then? My choice is We Love to Boogie from Billy Elliot. Now, every dance teacher has at least one Billy Elliot. Yeah. And um, that's not really the reason I chose it. (laughs) 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 But I just thought I'd put that in because it sounds like professional. But the real reason I chose it is because of Julie Walters' amazing flying zoot suit. Because every dance teacher, (laughs) when I was at that, that place where she is in the film, had one of those. Yeah. We all had one. We all had the bun. Some of us had the fag. Some of us didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But now, whenever that comes on, it takes me right back to that. And I love that. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much uh, for for joining me on the podcast today. We wish you and all the cast and drama all the very, very best. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again sometime soon. Thank Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Since our last episode, the Olivier Awards have come and gone and saw performances from two of our homegrown performers. The first was Sam Box, who performed Let It Go from Frozen the Musical, and the second was former podcast guest Perry O'Dee, who performed along with the cast of the UK tour of Anything Goes. In the awards themselves, the musical theatre categories were dominated by the revival of Cabaret from the Kit Kat Club at the Playhouse Theatre, taking home seven of the 11 awards they were nominated for. The winning categories were Best Musical Revival, Best Sound Design, Lisa Sadovy as Best Supporting Actress in a Musical, Elliot Levy as Best Supporting Actor in a Musical, Eddie Redmayne as Best Actor in a Musical, Jesse Buckley as Best Actress in a Musical, and Rebecca Frecknell as Best Director. I'm also happy to say that Back to the Future the Musical won Best New Musical. On the straight theatre side of things, there were many different winners. However, the standout production was Life of Pi at the Wyndham Theatre, which took home five awards for Best Set Design, Best Lighting Design, Best New Play, Hiran Abbasekaret, apologies for the pronunciation, he picked up the best actor, and best actor in a supporting role went to the seven actors playing the tiger, which is fantastic. And if you've not seen it or any of the pictures, it's played in the same way as Joey the Horse in War Horse. On April 25th, Sandbox also performed in a concert titled For the First Time in Forever at the New York Pops 39th Birthday Gala at New York's Carnegie Hall, alongside Kristen Bell, Josh Gad and Santino Fontana, who voiced Anna, Olaf and Prince Hans in the Frozen films, and Patty Murin and Cassie Levy, who played Anna and Elsa in the original Broadway production. 
The concert honoured the work of Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, the husband and wife songwriting duo behind the award-winning music for the Frozen movies and the musical, along with songs in the musicals Avenue Q, The Book of Mormon and In Transit, the Disney movie Coco and the Marvel TV series WandaVision. In other news, on Tuesday the 19th of April, the UK Pantomime Association hosted the 2022 Pantomime Awards at the Trafalgar Theatre in London's West End, and it was hosted by Christopher Biggins. During the 2021-22 season, 46 judges saw 207 pantomimes across the UK. The Gaiety Theatre's pantomime Jack and the Beanstalk was nominated for Best Sound Design and won! Some massive congratulations to Manx Theatre regular Alex Linney and all involved at Shown Productions. The 22nd of April 2022 will go down in history as a massive day for Manx-born actor Joe Locke, as that was the launch day of the Netflix adaptation of Alice Oseman's webcomic Heartstopper. Joe is starring in the lead role of Charlie Spring, having been chosen out of 10,000 other teenagers who applied for the role. It's had over 52 million views in its first week alone, and been watched for 23.9 million hours this last week alone. And the show is currently fifth most watched TV series on Netflix in their global chart, and holds a 100% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So far I've only managed to watch the first couple of episodes, but most people I know have binged the whole series in one or two sittings and have said it is fantastic. So if you haven't watched it yet, get on it and get it watched, it's brilliant. In a recent interview with the Independent newspaper, not the Manx one, Joe said, It shows the really nice things about being queer. I think a lot of queer people growing up feel like they don't deserve love, because they don't have access to the same dating pool or support as straight people do. And so Heartstopper is lovely in that it gives that to the queer characters. Well done, Joe. If we can, we'll certainly try and catch up with Joe on a future episode. You may remember a couple of months ago, I shared some posts on Facebook that the Manx Operatic Society and Centre Stage Productions had both been put forward to the regional finals of the Noda Awards after winning a number of awards for their productions of Les Miserables and The Adams Family. Well, I'm happy to say they happened last weekend and Centre Stage Productions came away with the award for Best Show for Adam's Family. So congratulations to everyone at Centre Stage Productions. So with that, we bring episode 34 to a close. Thanks once again to Chris and Susanna for joining me on the podcast, and we wish in Drama Community Theatre all the very best for Roald Dahl's The Witches, which is running at the Gaiety Theatre on the 11th and 12th of May. If you haven't done so already, make sure you get your tickets now from villagaity.com or by calling 600 555. Remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. Don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist by searching for Manx Theatre Podcast, and that's all one word. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote in a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is to say thanks for listening, and I hope you join me again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors' life for me.